Walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hun a weekly advice podcast i'm your host mr dad bod east renfisher 2018 dave and i'm mona lisa cryptid divination fan these are getting really weird i know they're getting weirder like day by day and we're going to combine our years of experience. <laughs> Listen to people complain our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will provide the emotional labour. No, wait, no. Do the emotional labour, provide the realness, and guide us to a workable solution. Or at least that's how it's supposed to work. I can't even do the intro. It's been oh that long. Oh, God. It's been that long since we did a podcast, but no one noticed. <laughs> We got away with it. Don't bring that up. Well, I want to apologise for not doing it last week. Not even saying anything. I, I mean, it was completely your fault. It was completely my fault, but sometimes not recording your podcast is self-care. I like how self-care can just be the excuse for any shitty behaviour. Yeah, absolutely it is, yeah. I'm sorry I pushed you out of the roller coaster, but I was having a really hard time and I felt very trapped and it was self-care and you can't be mad at me because of it. Yep. You're chatty today. Yeah, what, well, have you finished the intro? I'm just waiting on you finishing. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I'm yeah. just going to wing the rest of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. I was just, I'm sorry, just patiently waiting it's on just, you doing it. I was just trying try to have a little riff with you, a little ah, bit of back and it. forth. Ugh, got it. But got you it, fucked it. You fucked it now. The, well, because the, the I'm always dead. worried that I Podcast interrupt during the intro and like... Also, you're sitting like side on to me and it's weird. It's because I want to be facing the microphone, but also look at your pretty face. I mean, okay. Um, <laughs> right, well, I mean, I don't, I, I, sometimes I feel like the intro's too long. No one ever gives us feedback on what's wrong with it. It's like people are like, hey, I listen to your podcast. And they're like, oh, cool, thank you. And they're just like, I have no, I have no feedback. But I feel like the intro is too long. The intro is long. I get bored through it. Yeah, well, if you get bored through it and, you know, uh, yeah. you're part of this, then, yeah. you know, maybe this, we trim it down. Maybe I'll start to just pepper little details in. Send us problems. All the links to send us problems are in the show description. Chuck us a review. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, definitely do that. Follow Support us, on, us on Patreon. Yeah. We have some patrons now. Yeah, That's but, really nice. You know, not very many. But, You're uh, making us look like losers in the Patreon club. I know, I'm not bathing in rubies yet, so clearly the Patreon's not working. Yep, that's true. Uh, so yeah, we have a Patreon page now. If you'd like to support the podcast with a couple of pounds, you can do that. The value of a coffee or a small beverage. I like how that's how you manipulate people. Yeah. So every podcast well, does. Well, but no, but literally one of the crowdfunding platforms is called like coffee or something and it's like you can only donate the value of a cup of coffee to a person. So it's like you're giving them a coffee. Right. That's more manipulative than anything I'm doing. Yeah, no, it's not, I don't, I'm not having a go at you. That's why every podcast does that. I guess because the idea of like donating money to support something seems weird, but then buying someone a coffee doesn't. Yeah, true. It's, and I need a coffee because I'm very sleepy. I actually really, really could do with a coffee. Wow, we should have had coffee before we started. Oh, well. <laughs> it's cool. It's going to be a laid back <clears> podcast. <throat> Yep. 
so, what is there anything interesting been happening that we could talk about before we start? I, you know, again, we're winging it here. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Free ball I, on it. Look, see, to be honest, I my int- my self introduction have really went awry and I'm just saying weirder and weirder <laughs> stuff now. Cryptid. What was the other one? Sexual divination fiend or something? No, it was just divination fan. I'm just a fan of the art of divination. <laughs> people probably don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I hope people know what cryptids are but probably not. I mean, I don't know what a fucking cryptid is. It's a... Is it an insect? No, it's like a mythical... Not a mythical. It's like a... Not... You know, like a an animal or... I don't know if it's is that where an cryptozoology comes from? Yeah, yeah. Latin roots. This, See, that's smart. the study of cryptids. See, so, we're talking about Latin roots of the language just because I'm smart. Wait, so that's like the yeah, that's the study of cryptids. So cryptids would be like, I guess animals, but technically I guess creatures is more specific that are like not necessarily real, but we you know like is a chupacabra, the, a cryptid? yeah, chupacabra, or like the Jersey Devil, or like Bigfoot. Yeah, those guys. I'm not even that interested in that. Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch. Yeah, I just yeah. Don't really care. I don't get why people are so obsessed with those things. Well, I mean, you just called yourself one. I know because you know. Because you're running out of words. <laughs> yeah, I'm really running out of intros. Like, them, <laughs> like no word of a lie. The the two intro thing, and I just set this weird precedent. I know and now you could have like, just said one thing. I just like I just again I free ball. I just think to myself like you know. Oh, I've now I've set this precedent of this two this this like, d- d- and yeah. oh, I'm really running out. You could literally have doubled the amount you had available by just doing one. Yeah, I regret it. Well, do you know what? Maybe when we hit one year, we can have a podcast 2.0, which is exactly the same, except you just do one. Or we just redo it entirely. What, the podcast? No, the the intro. Like, I just took a, do a completely different yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's mix it up. It'll be like a one but year. But look, see, RT, you do most of the... You just read out the intro and do it. So my only part is remembering to say my name and my dumb <laughs> intro. So like I just like chill while you're doing it. Yeah. So to ask me to talk a lot during it, I'm just like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, what has been going on? Thank you everyone for following us on Instagram. I did an Instagram poll a while ago and surprisingly the majority of people actually listen to the podcast and were not just there for the memes. But some people said they were just there for the memes. It's not that good. Memes. Which hurt my feelings, frankly. Mm. Uh, and I feel like I want to say nasty things about them because I know they're not listening. But then I worry they are listening. They thought they'd just be funny by saying that. Mm. So I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here. Yeah. I really set myself up for a fall, to be honest. Yeah. Is there, there's, <laughs> a, there's some sort of cat situation happening back here. I not swear, Berbatov for a change. No, I swear to God, Torsten is. Like fully just became my spectre. This is how this is how me our life with our beloved baby cat Torsten went. We got him, and Lisa said, "I love him. He is my he is my favorite cat. I love him so much. He is a kitten baby, and I love him. He is mine. I gave birth to him." Mm. And then she was like, "He is my familiar. I am a witch. I wish <laughs> that he would like sit on a small papoose that I take around with me everywhere, so I could cast spells." Um, and then so he started acting like that recently he's falling around like a little shadow and I was just like oh god I can't get away from him he's like obsessed with me <laughs> like, you're, you're not arguing because you know it's true <laughs> yeah. wait I'm casting shadows um, sp- casting spells I don't know that's witchy yeah, yeah I guess um, yeah he's just became very obsessed with me and now he's sitting behind me sucking on the, his he rough is, he is and staring at me sucking on his chest hair and gawking at the back of your head 
I mean, <laughs> oh wow, he's, I mean, he looks awful. At least it's not Berbatov for a change. He'll be here later. He's sleeping on the floor just now. Is he alive? Yeah, he's alive. Yes. Berbatov, Berbatov Death Watch, he is still alive. <laughs> he sleeps like he's dead. He does, actually, he does. Is there anything else you want to cover? No, I feel like this has already went awry. <laughs> I disagree. I think this has gone especially according to plan. Um, Do you see Louis C.K.'s back? That's not, uh, that's I heard not, about a lot of people that are back. Basically, was it was like five about. months. Most of the guys, the is that what it was? Is that, is that the, is it's around five months they've all had off? Do you know? I think I think we can like all the Kevin Spacey film that made six hundred dollars or whatever. Oh wow! It's the opening of his new film just came out like last weekend or whatever. Damn! Not the one yeah. that he got completely taken out of. No, I'm assuming he's in it. Because you had did you hear about the one he got taken out of? No. Yeah, so he was in this film and they basically got an, a different actor in and did all these reshoots and just replaced him in the film even though it was ready to go. I mean, that makes sense. And I would feel, in a way, quite bad if that was the film that made $600. Oh, yeah, that would be really bad. I, but yeah, I don't I think it hope was it that. isn't that. They went all that effort. Yeah. No, I can't even think of what I've been doing since the last podcast. What? Where am I? You're in the house. All I can think about is, right, do you know what I meant to say to you earlier? I forgot to tell you something about the snake preacher thing that I was watching. Oh my God. Okay, tell tell the snake preacher. So I was obsessed with this thing about the snake preacher. So it's like, you know, like in the backwaters of America where these like, it's like weird churches that do snake handling, which is as dumb as it sounds. It's basically just like they like handle rattlesnakes and like if you're free from sin, you don't get bit. But, you know, the tea, they all just get bit all the time. As you do. And there was this weird family and their dad was the snake preacher and he got bit and, like, died within, like, five minutes because it, like, it, the rattlesnake or whatever, like, bit him on an artery. And then his son does it and they're all, like, and his wife's like, well, I'm really worried about him. And you're like, yeah, he's a fucking idiot. And his sister had such amazing hair. But, you know, like, like Mormon lady hair that's, like, never been cut. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Like mine, Like yes. the pure... Yes, like yours. Like, I always say that your hair's like that. But it was also, like, slightly have... mullety on the yeah. top. It was a real iconic too. But she was just like, oh, daddy, daddy. But the weird thing is, so anyway, the whole snake, and they're all, like, cl- pl- <laughs> you're, like, fully, like, wearing overalls and, like, yeah. playing banjos and shit and, like, holding snakes. And this is as crazy as it sounds, yeah. right? And then the fucking preacher, the, the preacher guy who's his son, gets bit in the fucking head by a rattlesnake. Cool. But then he survives. The weirdest part about the whole thing at the end of the little documentary, it was in memory to the sister. She fucking died. <laughs> and now I'm like, was that a fucking snake? Yeah, Obsessed. Now, now you have to know. But then I'm like, I don't think the snakes just like get held by everyone. Who's to know? But there I mean, was a crazy old man who was dancing who seemed like a prisoner <laughs> was holding the snake. Story, I feel like the story lacks direction, frankly. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm glad that in the two hours that I've been home and we've been talking, you you haven't told me this, but you've like, okay, we're we're we being recorded. Is the re- is the recording device on? Anyway, so about the snake preacher <laughs> I was telling you about the other day, like no context. Feel free to cut that out. I'm I sorry. Will not. I'm keeping Look, that in. This... Everyone needs to know what I have to live with. Right, that's true. Um, that is true. Yeah, so maybe maybe we'll touch on snake preachers or Louis C.K. in a different week. That's not what's happening this week. <sighs> I was so, I was really. <laughs> should I just, should we, just... we should put the documentary in the show notes because it's really worth a watch. Okay, two, well, little, you, two, little, two little episodes. You remember to send me a link and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. If anyone is interested in the Snake Preacher documentary, apparently there's a, you can actually see the guy getting bit on the face and he bleeds a lot. Oh yeah, it's really a snake. It's very fast. Lisa, <laughs> I'm going to do the letter now. <laughs> this is our first letter. 
This is, I guess, from the archive, but from only a few years ago or something. I don't really know how this whole thing works anymore, so I'm just going to start reading it. (laughs) Hello, Mona Lisa and Dave. Sure, on the surface, it looks like I have it all. I'm what you might call a playboy. I have a great, big, world-famous mansion, a magazine, and a branding empire that inalterably changed Western culture for generations to come. An endless stream of beautiful women desperate to jump into bed with me, and several ratty and unkempt dogs that urinate and defecate freely around my home. But still, the haters and critics come for me. They accuse me of being the very root of misogynist objectification of women, of being the originator of the specific male gaze that represses and demeans women to this day, and of having a big weird outdoor swimming pool and cave system that's all full of E. coli and chlamydia. None of this could be further from the truth. Except for the E. coli and chlamydia in the swimming pool. It's like a fermented cum soup in there. As I've said since day one, I love women. Except for all the fat chicks and butterfaces. Am I right, fellas? His words, not mine. (laughs) I've dedicated my life to idolising and glorifying their mystical feminine wonders by paying 20-year-olds to show their ass tits and pussy in my overhyped wank rag. I am unashamedly proud of my work. Pages of the tomes of my grand legacy are lying around, water-stained in parks across the country, just waiting for teenage boys in the midst of their sexual awakening to discover in a bush with their friends and engage in a weird, ritual circle jerk that they never speak of again. How totally cool and non-creepy is that? 8 out of 12 of my teenage girlfriends certainly agree with me. And let's not forget, I was at the forefront of the civil rights movement. I sent a black man to interview the head of the American Nazi party. He did not see that coming, right? I was publishing short stories that used extremely clunky metaphors to support homosexuality in the 1950s. Yes, that's right. Black or white, gay or straight, I've been there for you. So long as you're a man and not a woman, because as we know, women are best seen naked and not heard criticising me. Can you help me set the record straight? I have to go now. I have a date night with my girls. Time to take some Viagra and lay prone on the sheets as my withered old hog is slapped around half-heartedly until a cloud of dusty ejaculate chokes and splutters out of my decrepit urethra. I just hope none of them breaks my hip this time. Yours, Hugh Hefner. Jesus Christ, that description at the end was visual. <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah. I feel like you should give some sort of context to why you're doing it. You've, oh, I mean, uh, that's, that Hefner. was what I was going to do in a kind of organic way, uh, but then you just were like, this is terrible. Well, no, it's just because normally we do people that are very current in the news or yes. more sort of historical, where, where he's not really either. It just seems could seem like a left field choice. Yeah, well, it was current in our household because... That's true, because I was watching Girls of the Playboy Mansion. Also known as The Girls Next Door, if you're from also the US. Also known as The Girls Next Door. Apparently people outside of America couldn't handle that show title, so they had to change it. It's something more I mean, and I do feel bad that I watch that, but I also am like, the part of me, like, low-key loves, like, that time period trashy reality TV yeah, that's like, like the proto-reality TV, right? Technically, the simple, show life, the simple Life. The Simple and... Life was way before. But yeah, The Simple Life, the original Jersey Shore, the play- Girls of the Paper Mansion, it just had this weird vibe to it that mm. was so... Also, I like to think of myself as like a low-key anthropologist. And yes. I just see it as like... Even though reality TV is not a documentary, because documentaries try to... 
remove the sort of prejudice and bias for the person making it, you know what I mean? And obviously reality TV is completely, you know... It's agenda-driven, a lot oh, of the Yeah, time. and also it can be very edited and fake and everything like that. Mm. If you can see past all of that... You can get as much from a docu from reality TV as you can from a documentary. Yeah, you know what I mean, you just can't be fooled by it. Yeah, you know when people are like, "Ah, oh, the Kardashians sometimes film scenes. I can't believe it," and it's like, "Yeah, no <laughs> right. shit." But do I think Kim Kardashian is that good of an actress that her whole pers- personality is fake on the show? No, bitch, because she cannot act that well. No, that or is true. at all. That's true. That is true. Like, both things can be true, you know? That's true. That's the thing, like, you know, people on their Twitter bio have, like, retweets, they're not equal endorsements. Similarly, when I come home and you're watching, like, a documentary about the Third Reich, I don't have to immediately think, well, Lisa's a Nazi now. You do like to look at things from an anthropological perspective. So I feel like you should be more free to talk about that you watch Girls of the Playboy Mansion. Which, that whole series of reality TV is like if you made a Von Dutch trucker hat into a television show. Oh, wildly. Well, and and I was a, such a huge Simple Life fan. Yes. Starring Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. And if you haven't watched that, then like, actually, what are you doing with your, your life? Like, what are you doing with your life? But I was such a huge fan of that. And when that ended, the the Girls of the Playboy Mansion was again like, the most similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so fucking weird. And like, you know me, I love anything really weird. And the whole thing is so weird. Like, you know, the mansion is so weird. And the staff, like you know, clearly, like, hate their lives. Mm. And the way they, like, the way the whole thing worked, and you know what's so funny about it? Like, you know how, it's like you can take, like, obviously he was super rich, but he was still just, like, a weird old man that just did stuff in such a weird old person way. Yeah. Do you know they had, like, 50 million, like, not 50 million, but a lot of rooms, just pure, so much of Hugh Hefner's life, you would think it's just about sex. Actually, a huge amount of it was dedicated to scrapbooking. <laughs> scrapbooking? Yeah, he, like, was obsessively scrapbooked. No, his entire life. There's, like, a room full of scrapbooks. I mean, he had a magazine. No, but that's outside the magazine, so I'm like, Jesus, like, that's a lot of effort. I'd like to see things in a, on a page, right? He, I mean, he did. That's Yeah, he really did. Can I also just state that I also do love the art direction of, like, old-school Playboy. They had some of the most beautiful, creative covers of any magazine ever. I guess that's one of those situations where you need to separate, like, the art from the... Exploitation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um Wow, okay, you're being you're quite effusive in your praise about Playboy. Didn't expect well, you to go in so hard at the start. Well, I guess I just wanted to get that off my chest because yeah. you know me, like I write for magazines. I've like I'm a big magazine collector, mm-hmm. and I like see in terms of old school magazines, Playboy and mm. Interview magazine, their old covers are were so amazing. Well, let's just say we're giving the devil his due here. Yeah, completely. And then move I mean, on to yeah, we're everything gonna, else we're going to talk we'll let, about. I mean, that's, I think, because a lot of what we're going to say is going to be expected. I think yeah. this is probably the unexpected part of it. Yeah. So, mm. I the reason that I wanted to talk about Hugh Hefner mm. was, you know, I came through and you were you were just like looking at the TV with a sideways face, just like, what am I looking at? And I was like, what are you watching? And it was like, Girls of the Playboy Mansion. And I was just like, what's happening? What was that? Yeah, what, what, what was it? How is it that collectively we had this 
not we, because, you know, I'm sure plenty of people have, throughout Hugh Heffer's entire career, you know, from various different, you know, backgrounds, you know, whether, like, super hyper-religious conservative or, like, you know, feminist or whatever, mm-hmm. have, you know, obviously been, like, you're a disgusting exploiter, you're a misogynist, you're a pig, I hate you, you're old, you're gross, you fucking spunk dust. Mm. But the collective culture had like almost it just made this being like it's different it's yeah, somehow different I know, I know. and that's, you know? that's Do you know what I always I always I always point this out to people right mm. everyone knew Jimmy Savile was a beast all you had to do was look at him right I mean, obviously and you were like well obviously. he's a he's definitely a fucking creepy pedophile necrophiliac right yeah. 100% but it was almost like you were like yeah but he can't be because you know he's on the TV and stuff so it's like this we were all people not, not, not again not everyone but the culture suffered this kind of like collective delusion yeah. about Hugh Hefner that he was the exception there was somehow something sweet and classy about him because he wore he had a pipe and he wore a dressing gown and somehow that didn't make it creepy well, and everyone he, was there he on their own like consent he became like a brand that became like a less about like there was like a separation between like the kind of actual man and mm. what he was doing ultimately Hugh Hefner was like an old fashioned king or emperor and they were as like harem because pure concubine yeah but then it's like think about how fucked up that is that we allowed that and to, to happen to just be this like and that's one of the reasons why i like culture. that's one of the reasons why i like that show yeah because i don't know again i know a lot of people don't understand that but like part of me loves watching stuff that i'm like what the fuck is happening what is this what am i looking at like i like things like that that are like so weird that you're like what am I even looking at? The thing is, because what 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 was yeah. it? What was it? Because that's the thing with Girls of the Playboy Mansion. It's completely earnest. It's Com- a very it's, it, you know everyone is on the thing saying hi I am here and this is my life and this is what I like and ostensibly it's like a really you know they 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 let it happen they kept putting series out but. You, you don't have to be a fucking genius, a brain genius, to watch it and go, wow, this is the darkest shit I've well, ever can seen. Can we just quickly clarify what the show is for yes. people that don't know about? Yes. So basically, Girls of the Paper Mansion was a show, a, a, like a reality TV show based, centred around Hugh Hefner, at the time's three main girlfriends. Because if you don't know, Hugh Hefner had a rotation of numerous girlfriends and they would range from like seven to like 11 and they'd all be like young blonde girls, obviously. Seven to 11? Seven, I think 11. I thought you meant years old. Oh, well, no, no, no. The, 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 I think there were seven girlfriends right. whittled down to the three. Uh-huh. But I think the most he ever had was around 11. That's right. what I meant. Um. And so they're like, there's these three main girlfriends and it was a reality show that like focused on them. So it wasn't really about him, it was about them. So there was Holly, the main girlfriend, and there's always a main girlfriend and she's like, sleeps in his bed with him every night and like, you know, she was like... Changes his nappies. Basically. And she was like, oh, you know, she, she, her whole, what I, what I liked about the show was the way they presented it. Every time they talked about them, like you just knew it was a lie, but they were just yeah. so earnest with how they did it. And I think part of them, but even on Holly's part, I think she was like trying to convince herself. So she was like fully like, I want to marry him. I want to have kids, mm-hmm. like live in this pure like husband and wife fantasy. But then she was also best friends with Bridget, the second girlfriend who was like studying to get her masters and everything. Now the weird thing about Bridget was her whole thing was that she was desperate to be a playmate and be in the magazine. And yet he wouldn't allow it. She was too fucking ugly to be in the magazine, <laughs> but allowed to be a girlfriend, which is 
so fucked up. And then the youngest girlfriend was Kendra, who was like young, I think she was like 19, and she was like the dumbest person ever, but she was just like living her best life, being like, like she was the most obvious that she clearly didn't love him. Yeah, yeah, she would she, talk oh, about yeah. her boyfriend, but every time she'd say my boyfriend, it would just be this awkward, like, ugh. Yeah. And she just. And because the weird thing about Kendra as well is there was all these rules around Hugh. Hugh Hefner lived a really regimented life, but Kendra just didn't mm. adhere to a lot of that. And everyone, it was clearly all these looks like, what is she doing? Because Hugh Hefner, that's another thing people don't know about him, he's a fucking weirdo. He like ate the same thing every day. His mansion staff like made him the same oh, yeah, food what, every day. Again? Oh, weird food like soup and a, like boiled potatoes and lamb chops and... But when he went to a restaurant, a restaurant anywhere, literally could be Michelin star, his staff had to bring his food, his specific food, and the chefs would have why, to specially cook it. Why go to the it. fucking restaurant then? Yeah, because he was a fucking weirdo. Dickhead. And then there'd be all these clips of them at clubs and stuff, and you know, like people, you're having shots. And the funniest thing ever, if you go and watch a video of Hugh Hefner dancing, it's literally the most cringe he's just some old fucking dude dancing oh. it's just it's awful isn't it such a shame that Hugh Hefner died before he had a chance to dab on the haters because <laughs> Hugh Hefner would have dabbed 100% yeah hammer dance string dance you didn't know a lot of it and apparently now Holly now they've all left yeah um uh, so the two of them wrote big, these big tell-all books about it and Holly was pretty explicit. And I think in her book, she talked about how like Wednesday night or something was sex night. Gross. And like he Gross. would like take a Viagra Gross. and all the girls would be forced Gross. to come to his room. And I don't think any of them would be coming, Lisa. Well, <laughs> hey Yeah, basically. And I'm just like, because that's the weird thing about it. There was like a... Like, it was like fucking Disneyland for adults. You know, there was like a, there was the parties and they used to have these big themed parties and they'd be like, the theme would be like a Midsummer Night's Dream and it'd be like huge parties and celebrities and there was like the bunny girls and the mansion and it all became like this like Disneyland type thing that removed from the actual fucking horror that was these fucking vulnerable girls a lot of the time. You know, a lot of them, like, turn up with, like, nothing but a suitcase, you know what I mean, to the mansion. Mm. And they're, like, they don't have any other options but to fucking take their clothes off, you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. And then they meet this fucking king predator, yeah. and he's just, like, fucking rubbing his little old flaccid penis on them. Like, it's just and, and horrifying. It's, and I think to a lot of them, it maybe seemed like an easy route to the career that they wanted. Mm. Not an easy route, because there's nothing easy, I don't think, about doing that. I think they thought about it, it was our route, just, you yeah, know what it, I mean? It, yeah, it, it was, uh, and, and I mentioned this a little briefly earlier on, like, I think the collective delusion is that there was some form of consent in, involved in people that not just were in Playboy, but were, like, like Hugh Hefner's girlfriends or lived at the mansion or whatever. Mm. Whereas in reality, you know, I think if we didn't have, like, look, look at look at the conversation around consent now, look at the discussion around consent. Like, we just mentioned Aziz, uh, Louis C.K. at the start of the show there. Well, Aziz Ansari also apparently is coming back. Heard that. And yeah. his, you know, and, you know, okay, so I'm not going to say downfall because what's the, what's the downfall of taking five months off in your fucking million-pound fucking yeah. New York fucking apartment and then just coming back and kidding on like nothing had fucking happened? But as the, 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 the big Aziz controversy was a consent-based one, you know? He, he cajoled someone into sex against her will, allegedly. Don't sue us. Mm. And then, but that, but then, like, this is the thing with the, the 
with Playboy. It's like, you got to fuck me for your job. They're not attracted to him. No one's attracted to him. He wasn't even good looking when he was young. But then the weird thing is, though, it's like, I don't even think it's necessarily just about consent. It's more to do with, like, I, I guess in a way he they see it on an individual basis. Like, each woman can decide whether they want to do that or not. But it's like, in reality, we need to look at it on a bigger scale, as in why have we allowed a world to exist in which, for many women... Uh, the one of the only options that they feel for to better their life is to kind of sell themselves yeah. or like to sort of commodify you know I mean? themselves. Yeah, and way. that's yeah. what's so. Because in reality, a lot of these women that probably is the only realistic option that many of them have. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's what's really fucking disgusting. And in reality, you've you've just got Hugh Hefner ready there to take advantage of yeah. that you know what I mean oh, this is, isn't it wonderful that we have this dynamic where women are forced in a lot of things to, to, to trick themselves into thinking they have some sort of power by commodifying their body and I'm just going to be here at the very top of the pyramid to take my pick because I hold all the cards if they want to you know they want to do the best in their career as an object then they're going to have to fucking give it some concessions. It's going to be letting me live out my fucking gentlemanly fantasy where I can pretend that women are attracted to me. It's 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 one of the grossest dynamics ever. He should... I, I, I think it's so fucking sad that he died before mm. we got the chance to literally string him to a cart, drag him through the streets and lynch him publicly. Like, yeah, th- there's no coming back from like the decades of like horrifying abuse that people suffered in that. And the fact that, like, when he died, there are all these fucking fawning, effusive praises about him. All these obituaries. Oh, oh, Hugh Hefner, he did, he did the good things for the civil rights. Well, do you know what? You don't fucking do good things for people to buy yourself goodwill credit that you can then use to abuse women. I don't think that's necessarily true, though, because, again, you're being quite, you're being quite, uh, like, black and white about it. People can be two things. Like, See as a as someone who, uh, as an editor and as someone that, I think seeing the way that Hugh Hefner wanted to make the world better in terms of like civil rights and all these kind of things, uh-huh. I think part of him was there was goodness there. Right. But that also doesn't mean that you can't be a monster. I'm not saying there wasn't goodness there, but I feel like he used a lot of that goodwill to convince himself he was a good person. So that I mean, probably. I, I don't. Probably. I don't think. I don't think for a second Hugh Hefner thought. What I'm doing is exploitation and abusive. No, but what the worst thing about Hugh Hefner is he was a predator at times, but he was also a fucking vulture. Like, yeah. that's what's so shit about it. He doesn't. I don't even think he probably realised his vultureness and that he was just, you know what I mean, praying. He was just waiting to pick up these women mm. at a time of vulnerability. And it's so funny because obviously I write a lot about history and a lot of like historical women, and it's so funny. I see, so many of them are like concubines or like, you know. Uh, you know, what? What's another word for a concubine? Courtesan. Courtesan, yeah. But it's like, what's so fucked up about that is, and it's so so. One of the women I wrote about was Zitan. It's so funny she she became emperor of China, but it's like she wasn't even like she was pretty high born in that. You know, obviously classism was such mm. a big thing. She was like an upper-class lady, uh-huh. that's how honourable it was to become a concubine. Yeah. So I'm like, how fucked up is that? It's literally not even like, oh, you know, 
it was literally the highest honour of the day. Like mm. that's how how low women down were on a pecking on the peck, on the fucking scale of things. That it was honourable to be the concubine. Yeah. And it and it kind of was the same in the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But yet actually. we would look down. We would we would look we would look upon that as wrong or like oh that you know what I mean. We would judge that. But I'm like, at least he was a fucking emperor. At least he he. I'm not that that makes it any better. But like, who the fuck was Hugh Hefner? Just an old the emperor of, of his magazine. You yeah, know what right. I mean. I'm like. Uh, yeah, it, it's just horrifying. The, the fact that we allowed that to just happen and exist. and The whole thing was so weird. And the mansion was disgusting. Yeah, okay. It was actually a really funny article advice. And someone went on to the Playboy Mansion. Uh-huh. And the, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that it was a, the writer was a gay guy. Right. So obviously his perspective on things. You know, like they're all like, look at these beautiful women. He's mm. just like... But yeah, apparently it was just disgusting. There was just like scabby everything everywhere. Because that's the thing, the mansion's really run down. Which makes it really awful, almost worse for me. Because I'm like, it's not even like these women were in this like palace, you know. In their head they're getting to like this glamorous place. But in reality the glamorous place is all like fucking, you know, mould everywhere and shit. It just, it must be so... Oh, do you know what I mean? Disheartening. Yeah, because you're imagining like that's the thing. I think people that go to the people that had bought into the, the the collective delusion about Hugh Hefner would go to the Playboy Mansion and expect it to be like this pure opulent paradise where there's just you know this you know oh, everything free love and fucking mm. oh golden staircases and shimmering pool water and in reality you're just there and fucking I don't know like. What fucking Howard Stern and Carrot Top are just jizzing oh in the grotto, my God. and, and that's there's a the fucking thing. dead dog in the hallway. And it's so funny they would have like these movie nights because again everything was about Hugh, right? So you'd have these movie nights, and it was always be his favorite movies. You know, like they'd have like I think they used to watch like Casablanca like once a week or something because it was his favorite film, and it would be all like his oh, can brother. I just say, what a basic bitch, fucking totally right. Film. What's your film? Oh, Casablanca, The Godfather, like, you right? Know? Totally, you may totally, not heard of that. totally Blah. agree with that. But, yeah, it would be, like, him and his brother and his, like, old friend. And it would just be these old men in, like, fucking lounge suits with all these, like, blonde young women. And I'm just like, ugh, how do you know? It's such a weird thing. It was so weird. And, like, I mean, women were just a weird entertainment, a toy for him. Yeah. You know, like, they would have events where the women would be painted, naked women painted. You're not human. So, yeah, you're they're they're not, human. not human to him. Weirdly enough, they're also... dogs. Hugh Hefner's, like, closest confidant, friend, employee. She'd worked for him for, like, his entire career was an old lady called Mary. That's right, I remember that. And that, they sure. had a weird dynamic, the, the fact that, like... I don't know, weird. Very weird. She's one of the good ones... Well, yeah, probably. Mary, you're not stupid like the other woman. Bet he said shit like that to her all the time. Probably. <laughs> Mary, no, no, no. I keep her in my employ. She's very good. Plus, I don't want to fuck her. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's basically it, right? Yeah, like he could justify <laughs> she's, himself. She's Look, nearly I, my age. Why would I have sex with her? Right, I love fuck women. I have Mary. You know, like, cool. Right, I like my mum and I like Mary. So I can't be a misogynist. Cunt. What I don't get is, where did it turn? Because, like... Hugh Hefner's like 
started loads of magazines, like when he was a kid and everything. Yeah. Again, I know all this from Girls of Beaver Mansion. Um, and so he really got into this wanting to have a magazine and it was very much about writing and it was very, that's where it was driven. Where did it turn? Mm. From like, I think the titties pro- everywhere. Like, I think the problem was that he thought you could be uh, a kind of educated, effect fucking cosmopolitan man that also just was like, look at these boobs. Well, I think part of it became like, you know, like, I'm going to make a magazine for men. What are men like? Men mm, like... Politics, smoking pipes. Yeah, re- re- I was literally just about to say the drawing politics, room for politics, pipes and Lisa, fucking titties. What's a drawing room? <laughs> what is it? It's where the men go and they smoke cigars and they talk about the business affairs and the women are in a different room and they're talking about dresses or whatever. I imagine it has like a dark oak cabinet in it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, what's with it the for? liquors. Do you, what, do I don't know why it's called a drawn room, but that's why it's called. Yeah, the men retire to the drawn room where they discuss important matters. If anyone knows, message us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, that's the thing. I think that's the problem, isn't it? He thought like, you know, well, what are men like? Classy things. Naked ladies. There was Playgirl. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, let's that not, really died out, didn't it? Well, this is the problem, though. Like, that's the, I, 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 knew, I didn't know you were going to say that. Well, no, so, you know what I actually thought of in my head? It just flashed the picture. Is it Tom? Set? No, is it Tom? Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds and Playgirl. Was I'm he? sure it's someone like Damn. that in the cover. I'm going to have to Google did he, this. Did he get his hog out? I think so. Or maybe, I don't know. But, I don't think there were dicks. Butt Reynolds, really? I don't know if there were dicks. There should be soft dicks. Come on. Well, I don't that's know. only what fair. Well, I don't know. I mean, look, that's not fair at all because, you know, ultimately the well, problem is that Playboy, power dynamics mean that a, na- a naked man well, isn't made vulnerable Playboy, by being naked. You couldn't in show, like, a, vagi- a full vagina. Yeah. It would just be, like, muff. Are you sure? I think so, yeah. I think so. I've never surprised. I've never looked No, because I think they changed that in, like, the 2000s. And right. They then changed it back or something like that. I mean, good God. Who You're going to have to keep talking while I Google Playgirl because that's what made me think about it. Okay, well, it. I'll go back. Well, you mean, I, kept, I was trying to do that before. I was trying to give you a moment, but you just kept talking over me because you were so excited by what I was saying. I can't help that I'm disengaging. What I was saying before is that it's not as if, like, Playgirl is a good kind of alternative and that means that it's balanced because power dy- dynamics determine that men can't be made vulnerable by posing naked because they hold the power in that situation. Something like you go see the Chippendales or whatever. Yes, you know, look, right now. Everyone will post us on Instagram so you can see it. Hell yeah. He's just covering it with his hat arm. Damn, Bart Reynolds. Is there any... I, I want to see an exposed hog. Is there any? Is no, just, I don't think so. And that is a good picture, it's, though. It's very coquettish. That is a good picture, though. Not for the vegans, though. He's on an animal rug. Yeah, but you know, it's already dead. <laughs> I guess, and it is Burt Reynolds. Like he... It's naked Burt Reynolds. You can look at the animal rug just to see if fucking... Oh my God, Terry Crews kind of re-reacted it. Holy shit, yes he did. And Oh wow, he is, he is a, a fucking specimen of a man, isn't he? He would, didn't even do it on a... He did it on just a, like a... I'm, I'm hoping a faux, a faux... That's, that was definitely faux far. That looked like an Ikea number. Whose butt's that? Oh, that's is that Burt Reynolds' butt, yeah. Burt Reynolds. If you ever want to see the fucking bo- the Burt Reynolds bottom butt cleavage, then I think it's fire in. Burt just loved a sexy photo shoot, as Fuck. it turns out. Oh, Burt, you fucking minx. Look, now this isn't good podcast content. We're just like... <laughs> yeah, we're just like, look at these pictures. <laughs> Guys, you should see these pictures. They're so amazing. Yeah, look, I don't think there's dicks. I th- no, oh, my maybe. God. Oof. Oh, that's a dick. <laughs> that is definitely a fucking... That was definitely a dick. <laughs> I don't think there was dicks in Playgirl. I Who's think it was, was just... That? I don't know. 
I think it was just like, like yeah, you're you know, sort of like, like oh, you took my towel and I'm covering in my crotch, or like I'm lying down, but there's a telephone receiver or an aubergine. But then in my head, because I have no understanding of what Playgirl was, but I hope that they've 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 went to that with the same sort of idea. You know, like what are what are women like? Burt Reynolds and <laughs> yeah, right. like makeup is that is that what's what women cooking? Cooking makeup and burning. Oh, I wonder what else was in that actually. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, have they have they attempted to like to to create this publication in the same way that they did? Because <laughs> right. genuinely, with Playboy, that is what it was. See the bunny and the bow tie. It's meant to be like, oh, like a gentleman. You know, he's like a gentleman. Hey, damn! Playgirl.com, fully erect penis. It's out there. Holy shit! That is out there. Jeez, Playgirl. Yeah, look at look at this fucking look at this guy's hog. Stop. Oh, fucking hell. I should close this tab before I like, open my phone at work tomorrow <laughs> or something, right? Um, so, yeah. Playboy. Hugh Hefner. Bad. Do you think he had any perception or kind of understanding? I mean, that's all a lot of people will give him like that pass because they'll talk about like he was a man of his time. Because he was like, I don't know, like a th- 103 or something. Uh, I don't. How old actually was he? Oh, I don't know, who Eight, cares? 80s, late, late 80s, I'm sure, yeah. Not that I ever think that's a pass for anyone. What's I the hate, question here? Do you think a lot of, do you think a lot of people seem to give him that pass? Like he was a man of his time. I I don't, I think that's a good pass. I agree and I hate that. Because excuse, there, are, there, there, are, plenty, there are plenty of old people who are able to, you know, adapt with progressive values as time go, goes by. isn't back. that funny though how that's the thing? Also it's like acting like if you lived like, you know, if you were born, if you, if you were like born in the 20s and you don't have morals or respect for any human being and that's yeah. just fine. Yeah, no it's not fine. Fuck him. I, I don't give him any pass whatsoever. Like I think like the level of creepiness and the damage that he did to the culture on the whole by sort of like taking like the kind of free love thing for the six days and just making it like free love I guess like a decent percentage of free love and even kind of like sex positive stuff nowadays is creepy because you'll always have movements like that that are co-opted by people that just want to see some boobs yes and that's the that's the sort of the Hugh Hefner thing it was like you know free love and sexual expression and consent but, you know, where's the consent? Where's the consent where a sort of desperate, stupid group of young 20-year-old girls are fucking writhing around on top of, like, a pensioner who's hooked up to an oxygen mask fucking once a week to make sure they to compete to see who gets to be in the middle of the magazine because that's the best contract. No, then, but that's the worst part about it. Like, you could fuck him and he wouldn't even put you in the magazine. Yeah, like Bridget. Like Bridget. Poor Bridget. But he was very... Like, I guess, the like I said, so much of the... The thing, the the thing around Playboy was it became like this brand, this concept. It was like wasn't real, and no one really talked about the shitty aspects. Like Hugh Hefner was so particular about how women looked, yes. so critical. Yeah, absolutely. As in, you would be told if you want to keep working here, you need to get plastic surgery. Yeah. A lot of women were forced into plastic surgery. Yeah. Um. Obviously, just the general forcing to fuck people. Yeah. But I'm, um, you know, let's face it. If you're a play Mate, well, not even that's the thing. People say playmates; they think everyone at the Playboy Mansion's a playmate. That's the worst part. See, if you're a playmate, you're relatively well off because you're in the magazine. You make some money. Mm. You don't need to like be one of the fucking women at the mansion. The women at the mansion aren't even playmates; they're just there to like look pretty and like not say anything. Yeah. And 
you know, if and you also, get touched or hit on by any of Hugh's close inner circle, you, you better, better be believe that you're fucking sucking their dick or whatever. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. People don't talk about the reality of that. Yeah, so I mean, essentially, Hugh Hefner is a rapist. And I hate him. Yeah. Just, I mean, again, again, I just part of me will still always like the Earl's Little Playboy Mansion, though. Oh, that's fine. I just can't not watch something so weird. And the, the way we go about, oh, but I kind of wear pyjamas all the time. And I walk about in dressing gowns like, every day. Yeah, I'm a Hugh big Hefner, kind of. A little bit. You, you're basically Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Without the rape. Yeah, I, I enjoy breasts a lot less than he does. That's true. Berbatov's your only girlfriend. That is true. You're such an angel sleeping down there like a good boy. Well done. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move I on. Feel like, I feel I like I could probably talk about Hugh Hefner all day. Yeah, me too. Let's move on to a listener problem. Okay. I'm excited. So it's a bit of a long one. Uh, little, there's a lot of threads to follow here, so I'm going to need you to be paying attention, not just like looking off at the distance like you normally do, because I'm so fucking boring when I read things. Uh, please submit to our Patreon. I, I told myself I would do it in the middle of the episode. I told that I'd do a little... Before we continue, are you enjoying the podcast? Is independent media something you support? Do you want to help support us directly? Well, you can. For just the price of a cup of coffee every month, you can contribute massively to us and our campaign to have a bath full of rubies to bathe in. Why? What's your thing about rubies? I want rubies! Why rubies? You watch Romance in the Stone too often when you were a kid. Because rubies are really the most ruby. precious Where would you of even the buy rubies? That's not true. But where would you even the buy rubies? The most precious. What's your birth zone? I don't know. You should know that about me, right? Why should That's I your that? job to know that. I gave you my birth time and everything. You should know that about me. Um, so yeah, this is a listener problem. Uh, get patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, you ready? I am ready. Okay. It's an opal. Well, it's an opal? Where do you go? What's, your, what's yours? An amethyst. Neither of us are... What's Berbatov? Is it ruby? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Again, right. I don't know. I haven't... Shockingly, I haven't checked the cat's okay. birthstones. Well, stop looking at birthstones for a minute and listen up to this problem. Here listen. we go. <clears throat> First of all, I would like to thank you for a great podcast that teaches me a little about feminism and history, which makes me think more about the injustices of the world. You are welcome. Seems like a bad thing, though. No. You're realising how unjust the world is. I have a problem for you, all the way from, and I'm going to redact this because there's not a name on this, so I don't want to even give away where you are. It's a special, magical place. Um, Narnia, we'll say Narnia. I had a boyfriend whom I broke up with in February due to us falling out of love. We'd been together for four years since we were 17. We had a great four years together and still love each other and wish the best for both of us. Towards the end in our relationship, I felt very lonely and unloved. My ex loved me in a way where I couldn't feel it. He never told me he loved me or that I looked great, etc. He just let me be free and was always there for me financially and if I were sad. Furthermore, he's just a guy of few words, so I got lonely and then we broke up. After a couple of months, I met him when I was out drinking beer. We sat with him and his friend and we reconciled and had a great night. We continuously met at that bar and most nights we drank beer together with his and my friends. One night I was drunk out of my senses. I can't remember much and only remember glimpses. And one of his friends kissed me. His friend then asked my ex if it was okay if he had sex with me and my ex said yes and that he didn't care. We could do what we wanted. 
I then had sex with his friend. I was so drunk that I probably shouldn't have had sex with anyone and should have been sent home, but we did have sex and I remember only glimpses, and I had it out of spite. I write this with a glimpse of regret in my stomach, but overall I don't regret because it happened and I don't need that negativity in my life. The day after, I went out again and my ex and his friend were there again. We laughed at it, and when I was on my way home, my ex asked if he should follow me home. I refused the first, but gave in, and he followed me. We then had sex the morning after. In the evening, he called me, and was sad that I had sex with his friend, and that we had the same talk with his friend. We all got over it because we agreed that we were all to blame. I then started hooking up with my ex, and have been for a couple of months, and it's been great sex and no feelings. His friend keeps asking me to go home with him, even though he knows about me and my ex, and I never will, but we still flirt a bit because we have good chemistry. I haven't told my ex about his friend's behaviour. Last week, I was out at the bar with my friend. We will call her M. We sat with my ex and his friend drinking beer. M knows about my story with my ex. This happened on a Thursday, and the same day I had met with my ex, where we hooked up. I then went to a friend's and ate dinner, and then I went out with M later. My ex ended up being very drunk, and I went home because I couldn't deal with his drunkenness, and his friend had started flirting with me. My friend M stayed at the bar with the boys. Can you guess what's going to happen? A couple of hours later, when I woke up, I received a Snapchat from M, where she was leaving my ex's place. They both swear that they did not do anything and that he just followed her home and watched the movie. After the whole ordeal with me and my ex's friend, we both agreed that we'd stay away from each other's friends. I feel so sad about it and so betrayed by my friend M, and I do not know how to cope with it. I have spoken with both of them, saying that I'm not okay with what happened and that they crossed the line, but I do not want drama and I choose not to be mad. I am just very hurt. What do I do and how should I feel about it? Oh God! So that's a real that's a real web. Oh, such a web! So a real web that you've. Spun. I mean, the the main thing I'm like, why is this M sending you a Snapchat leaving the house? I think maybe it would be a generic Snapchat, maybe not a direct Snapchat. Doesn't matter. Why are you doing that at all? Does seem strange. Yeah, seems cunty. It does. It does seem quite passive aggressive. I mean, this is a. I mean, this probably isn't a a, a particularly unusual problem no I think this is probably a problem that most young people go through Mm -hmm. it tends to happen when you're younger and you're you know in less committed relationships yeah no I don't mean that like disparagingly against no but like not not your previous relationship with your ex but the current relationship yeah 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 and then that that can happen and it can get very complicated yeah and ultimately I think like I'm all for casual sex even with exes in the concept yeah but casual sex without uh, any emotion or feeling is way easier said than done true and I think that especially more easily said than with a stranger well but then also it's like combining friendship and fucking and exes and it's it's just Mm. you're it's a very very messy Situation. I think, like, for a big part of your life, you tend to think with your genitals a lot. Mm. Like, and and some people never grow out of it. Some people, mm. most, I'd say most people do. Most, you know, that's what, like, monogamy, the majority of people are, like, kind of, like, monogamous. And, and if you're not, that's cool. Be poly. You do you. That's fine. No kink shaming here. 
But like majority of people do just tend to settle into monogamy because that's just the way that they mature into their kind of sexual and emotional appetites. But when when people are at a certain time in their life, there is a, a sort of element of like experimenting and thinking kind of like, you know, dick first or whatever. And that can lead to a lot of these kind of like, I'm going to call it a situation of cross-pollination, mm-hmm. you know? Now, what I think is interesting about the letter is the issue very clearly is this whole situation with M, right? Mm. Number one, M is the only one that gets named. Mm. And it's not obviously a full name, but it's still a name, M. Mm. But you did spend a lot of time telling us about you having sex with your ex's friend. Because I think you've got a, a kind of a, a, a certain level of guilt there. Now, that's something that I don't think should be factored into the situation. Like... I feel a little bit like by you bringing that up in such a big way when you're writing this letter that part of you thinks like, is it okay that M did that with my ex because I did that with his friend? Yeah, like, you don't you're have feeling a leg like, to stand is on. this tit for tat? But mm. absolutely it's not. It has nothing to do with that situation with M. Like, you and your ex were broken up. You did a very mature thing by saying, is this okay? Are you going to be okay with this? Like, not a lot of people would ask. I guess from his perspective, M didn't ask I guess from the ex's the movie, perspective, apparently with your ex, it's it it, it is kind of it could be tit for tat. I guess I don't know. I do think that is connected. He I guess. he he who could be doing he could be having a kind of tit for tat situation potentially, but you shouldn't feel any guilt over that decision like, because I think a big part of it, probably the worst part, would be that possible feeling of betrayal from a friend. Uh-huh. You know, that's because that's very difficult. Yeah. And even still, you know, like you're, you're kind of annoyed at M about this, that you're fine for betraying you, which is fair. I think that's a really shitty and weird thing to do. Mm. Like, even if they did just hang out and watch a movie, that's still a particularly strange. Like, men, men and women can be friends. 100%. I completely agree with that. I don't think enough people believe that. I think too many mm. men and women think that there has to be something sexual. You can't just be a man or woman who are platonic friends. Well, but, but even if there is some sexual, I think I think, I think popping back with your friend's ex boyfriend of four years, who they're currently seeing again, to watch a movie at night after drinking heavily and everyone else has gone home is fucking shady. I guess it depends. What if M and the the ex boyfriend had been friends for years? But I don't think that's. The I think case. That, I think that would be mentioned. Yeah, agreed. Because then it would be different. But yeah, I don't think that's the case. It seemed like out. It seemed an unusual thing for them to hang out. It does. I mean, I can I just state, this is kind of off the topic, but can I just state, see with the podcast, I hope people know that, like, we are, there's no ever a sense of judgment in anything. And, like, also, we don't feel like we can give advice because we are, like, perfect or... Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, no, because, like, there's, there's plenty of things... That we've done in the past that we regret, or that we mm-hmm. are, they're like, oh, that was dumb, or that, you know what I mean? There's plenty, and that, I just sometimes worry when we give advice. It's like, you know, sometimes people, when they get advice from someone, they can be defensive, like, who are you to give advice? Like, that's the thing, who are we? We're nobodies, we're fucking nobodies. Wow. This has come out, of, really come out of the blue. I don't know what come, made me think come about out of left that. Field with this. Okay, I think people understand that. Okay. There is, I think, I think, to be honest, I think sometimes we actually maybe go a little bit too far in justifying what we're about to say. Not that this, you know, I'm not mm. saying that, but which I think is, is good because it makes people comfortable if they are to be maybe feeling defensive about it. But I also think people have listened to us talk enough and then choose to give us their problem. 
they obviously trust us to a certain extent to give them advice. Sorry, I just said that I'm having advice. a weird like. You're just having a little moment. I know. I'm. I'm actually having quite an existential crisis about this recently. Really? Yeah, I feel feelings of like. I don't know, not guilt, but like I worry that people think. Yeah, I don't know. Can everyone please send Lisa a message of encouragement <laughs> after hearing this? Well, we have fuck that. We have an audience. People like people. I know that people listen to this every week. Well, no, they actually listen to it and go, "Yeah, I like this." Well, part of the reason that I, I, I feel the urge to give advice is there's been plenty of times in my life where either I'm in a situation that I find difficult to handle, or that I wish I had advice to turn. So I had someone to turn to for advice. And I just didn't either, I didn't have that person or I didn't get that advice from the people around me. And, you know, that's kind of the whole point of the podcast, you know, like, I don't like anyone to kind of suffer in silence. So, like, if I can give my sort of non-experienced, like, garbage person advice that could help (laughs) at all, then I would rather they had that than nothing. But, you know, it's not like we think we're, like, infallible that, that aren't flawed human beings. Mm. You know, there's that weird thing, like, you know, like, if you went to a divorce council therapist yeah. and they were divorced, you would be like, well, why am I listening to you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like a weird thing like that. Yeah. But well, anyway. I mean, part of me is like, you know, are you okay? Should I maybe, should we stop and have a chat about this? Other part of me is like, this is great content. <laughs> Just, no, just no, 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 I'm fine. Just it just made content. me think about that. Because I just... I, I just are, you feeling, are you feeling guilty about the advice you're giving here? Do you think you feel like you're crossing a line? No, I think I guess I want to be a bit harsher and I feel a bit bad about it. What's the harshness? I think you're saying the situation with the the friend. Like, is that right, right? So she had sex with her ex's friend. Yes. And now she thinks her friend has had sex with her ex. Yes. I don't think you do have a leg to stand on. I think that is tit for tat. Okay. Elaborate. Well, I think you fucked his friend, he could fuck your friend. Really? Even well, though they're seeing each other now? You think that's okay to cheat on someone? No, no, no. No, I mm, don't. I disagree. I, no, no, and I, I don't. Uh, what I mean is, I don't think... But then are they seeing each other, though? Yes. But is it exclusive, though? Because it seemed like it was no... She said no feelings. No, nothing. To me, it seemed like it was completely casual. Well, I guess... Maybe maybe I'm just very. I mean, I'm a commitment boy, as you know. <laughs> I don't understand no feelings because I go fuck. It, I go. I go all in. Typical Scorpio. I go big dick. Typical Scorpio. Not that I have one, but I go big dick. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have guess... a small dick. I go big dick in relationships. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say here. It averages out at a medium dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From my perception, it was like casual, casual, like not. So yeah, uh, uh, great sex, no feeling. Yeah, so that doesn't seem like they're seeing each other. But I, th- I think the problem is here that the relationship. I think they approached original... it much more maturely. Yeah. She, they did ask his permission of him, but what was the ex going to say? No, like you know I what suppose, I mean. Yeah. Well, look here's the here's the here's the situation. But I still right? do think M has a responsibility. If you because... like your ex, you didn't feel like you were getting emotionally what you wanted from him but you still have feelings for him and I think that if he was to you know grow and develop as a person and start to be able to express his love and be nice to you in no, that way I, I, then maybe honest, maybe you could give it a second crack at it again no, I think what you're doing at the moment is basically a, a, a test run of it you, you're not willing to rip the band-aid off and cut him out of your life because you have feelings for him well I don't know if I even think that no. I think that 
I don't know, I think maybe you two just aren't right for each other. And so you sometimes when you split up with people, it isn't like, it doesn't always have to be like you hate them or, mm. you know what I mean, you know they're the worst person in the world. Sometimes it just, it could possibly have worked, but you're yeah. like, mm, this maybe isn't I suppose not actually, your true love or whatever. Possibly but, you right know. as well, because you, cause you're, you know, you're saying it's all sex, no feelings, but he got upset when you had sex with his friend and you've got upset so uh, there is feelings. So there yeah. is feelings, I suppose. Well, that's yeah, what right. I was trying to say about like having fuck buddies and even fucking friends doing all that. Whatever, technically, even exes. Hmm. This is in theory could be cool. Yeah. But you really need to. It really needs to be no feelings. So what do you think she should do? Oh, so I think to be honest, you should move on from both of these guys. Don't fuck the friend. Don't fuck him. I'm not saying cut them out of your life. And maybe he knows. Maybe you'll grow to be fucking best friends and you'll know each other for the rest of your life. Or I guess maybe you could get back together. But probably, after all of that, it's probably, you know, you're probably not right for each other or not right for each other at this time. So I, I think you need to decide, like, have a real, have a really honest conversation with yourself about what your feelings for him are. Because if you feel betrayed by M... Or even and you just feel the fact hurt by that situation. There, there is some feeling there. What is that feeling? I mean, you're very young because you said they were together when we were seventeen. Yes, twenty-one. Should be, yes, yeah, so you're that. very, very young. I mean, even though we got together when we were twenty-one, I wasn't looking for that. I don't think. Well, you were you twenty-one. Should... I was thirty-four. <laughs> I don't think you should get. You don't need to rush into like no. finding a long-term partner. You know, you clearly. And knew that you were missing something in your old relationship. You know, yeah. that you said that you felt lonely and you, you know, that you felt like he wasn't giving you enough. Take, mm. take some time to think about what you actually want in a relationship or from a partner. Yeah. And I would say, if you're going to fuck someone with no feelings, do it outside your social circle. Not, and again, judgment, because I said that can work, but just actually it's easier. Yeah, and what... What I would say as well is like maybe this maybe this sounds harsh coming from us, but it's not harsh because with, with when it comes to relationships, the way that we determine what we need and want from a partner is by making mistakes mm. until you you whittle it down. You can't just know yourself what you need exactly from someone until you've tried it. Till you've been with someone who doesn't isn't nice to you. Till you've been with someone who's shitty. Till you've been with someone who's maybe even like something like a cheater. These things determine your values and what you look for and what's going to make you happy as a person. You know, with a person, if and when you decide to settle down with the one. Mm. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't hear that. So don't take what we're saying as being harsh. But you know, if you want the advice, the situation you're in just now is not sustainable. And I also think, in terms of your relationship with your ex, which is obviously the kind of most significant relationship here mm. between all the people, Yeah, I think perhaps you should really try and find out what, what the page he's on. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, I don't think he would just be that chill with his friend and his ex. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he possibly had something with your friend seems quite revengey. Mm. Yeah, it does a little bit, yeah. Um, and, you know, perhaps he was hurt and he didn't, rather than expressing it, he retaliated. Yeah. I mean, I could be reaching there, but, like, you know, I don't think that would be the most, the biggest reach in the world to think that was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably, yeah, I think you're right. I, I kind of hate giving that advice, though. Like, just take time for you. But then I do think that. This situation's got very messy. Mm. It's start to, like, 
I think everyone needs to like take a few steps back. I think you bought in thinking, I don't care, this is fun, no one's going to get hurt. But the more it goes on, the more feelings are getting hurt. So maybe it's time to actually have a look at them and go, maybe this isn't the best it actually is. Maybe this isn't as, as simple and non-toxic as I maybe thought it originally was. Mm. And I think every situation needs to be handled, like the situation needs to be handled separately. Like you and your ex are one situation, but like yeah. you and your friend is another. Because I think that's the thing that I would feel very betrayed by my friend in that situation. Yeah. Also, put put bleach in M shampoo, just a little bit, mm. just a small measure of revenge. Just gradually lighten her hair. Can I do not want my hair? Just a Snapchat like... thing. I just think that was so like That is some that's oh, some Oh I can't believe I'm like walking home at like seven in the morning. Like what is that what Snapchat was? Passive aggressive yeah, generation Y shit right there, isn't it? It was. Mm. And I, I have an issue with that. Okay. Well. So yeah, M sounds like a bitch. <gasps> M. I love it. Calling her out. M, you're getting called out, hon. <laughs> Yeah, we're I like not, how we're talking we in like code names. It's so exciting. I know, right? Okay. But anyway, I hope that's good advice. I hope that's you. good. Yeah, again, no, again, just just to reiterate, Lisa's got me paring about it now. No judgment, just honesty, just honest or through experience, honest, just honest truth here. It's difficult though, because sometimes when you give people honest advice, it's like literally not what they want to hear, and then they that hate is, you for it. Yeah, that's true. So please don't hate what? us. And if you want to get back in touch or you want to discuss further, yeah, like, feel if free. You need to have, if you I want to have like an actual back and forth, please please do feel free. You got the email address. You know where we're at. We'll talk this one out over email happily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Final problem. Yes. All right. I feel like this could be a bone of contention between us. Oh. <clears throat> so. I love stuffed crust pizza, and we have a pizza hut in our small town. My husband and I will get two large pizzas with two toppings based on the deals at Pizza Hut. This is not an advert for Pizza Hut, I just want to reiterate that, right? Okay. I got my slices and went downstairs to watch Netflix. When I came back, I noticed more slices were gone than what I expected. I usually get Canadian bacon and mushrooms, which my hubby hates. I asked if he ate my pizza and he said no, which makes sense. However, I looked in the trash and there was a crustless slice of mushroom and Canadian bacon, my pizza, at the top of the pile. (laughs) I feel betrayed, not sure what to do. This has been a long string of lying with him. I talked to his mom on the phone and she said I was being crazy. Need advice from a neutral party. Too long didn't read. Husband ate my stuffed crust and is lying. Should I confront him or let it go? Listen, sometimes, <laughs> right, sometimes the husband just gets a little bit snacky, a little bit hungry, explain? and he wants to eat the thing. Are you going to explain why? I will explain nothing. <laughs> I will justify nothing. Why you thought this was a bone of contention? So, a few years ago, right, many, actually, just, I say a few years ago, as if it was only a few years ago. No, this is fully nine and a half years ago, right? Lisa had a dark chocolate Toblerone. Oh, gross. I hate those. Because I don't like dark chocolate. Right, can we no, no, ex- no, no. You ask me to explain and you will listen to me explain. Okay. You can have your rebuttal in a moment, madam. Okay? <laughs> so, the dark chocolate Toblerone. Going back to that, I fucking hate dark chocolate. Now, I look, I'll put my hands up. I'm a big snack boy. I have <laughs> ate hundreds of grams of Lisa's chocolate without telling her, without replacing it, just hoping that I'd get away with it. Right, Bits no, of explain... Maltesers out of bag, I've eaten them. Explain the, that, the Toblerone story first. But, however, this dark chocolate Toblerone, some of it went missing. 
And now I'll tell you right now, I did not eat that dark chocolate Toblerone. I did not touch that dark chocolate Toblerone. I would not put that filth near my mouth if it was the last bit of food on earth and I was fucking starving. That's how disgusting it is to me. You've been yet, eating dark chocolate yet, recently. That's different. I'm on a special diet and it tastes better. <laughs> Shut up. Yet, for some reason, Lisa has got it in her head that despite my oodles of, of fucking gratitude and love and admiration for her, <laughs> that I... I, the dark chocolate hater, spitefully had eaten her dark chocolate and denied it to her face for ten for a decade of my life. Right. So obviously the issue here is not the chocolate, it is the lies. <laughs> right. Can we just right, can I just clarify? Now, I am not a particular like crazy snacker. Now, the dark chocolate Toblerone in question, and I'm sure it was like a Christmas present or something your mum gave us, and she gave me a dark chocolate one and you a milk chocolate one. And obviously, Dave will eat his in like a single day. Yes, a and day. I will Hour. keep I will keep things one like second. that for ages. You know, like I'll have one triangle, like, and it'll last for for ages. So now, what happens with in our house? We didn't even live together at this time. This is the thing. It was in Dave's bedroom in Dave's flat. So anyway, now what happens in our house is I will perhaps have a snack and then have some, put it away and Dave will carefully monitor this as in, oh, you know, every day it'll be like, Lisa's not ate that, Lisa's not ate that. Yeah, the lot of, it sings to me from in the cupboard. So like, for example, one of the best things is ice cream. Like, I'm really not a big ice cream eater, but then sometimes I'll get a craving, but then I'll eat a tiny bit because I'm just not a big eater. And then Dave will just be like, after like three weeks, he'll be like, you're sweating, like cold sweats. He'll be like, you're going to be the ice cream, you're going to eat the ice cream. And I'm like, what fucking ice cream? And he's like, nah, your ice cream, your ice cream, you need to eat it. Now, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. And that's the weird thing about, I'm, you're quite a good, he, it's not that you're particularly greedy. I am. I'm like Homer Simpson when he goes to hell and the donut and things just put the donuts in his mouth and the devil's like, ah, he's going to get sick of donuts soon. But he's just like, hum, 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 hum. And what's so funny that about it as well, but I'm a really slow eater and Dave's an incredibly fast eater. So see if we sit down to have dinner. What was it happened the other day? Like I started eating like at least 10 minutes before you. Yes. And you, and like. So uh, you had, you had a bit of cheese on bread. One, yeah, I had the other, some cheese. cheese sandwich pretty much. Um, so I, I've cooked that for her. Cooked it for her, yeah. I, fucking, I, I made that. I didn't cook it. It's not like a fucking gourmet meal. I, ma- I made that for Lisa. Put my pizza in the oven. Waited around in the kitchen. Gave her her food. She was just like, yeah, I'm just going to eat this food. And I waited for my pizza to get cooked. T- took it out of the oven. Cut it. Sat down. Ate six slices of pizza. Finished my pizza before she had even finished her goddamn sandwich. Yeah. And that's happened so often. Like... Like it's just it's just ridiculous. Dave is like an eating machine, and yeah, so it's happened. Should we talk quickly, just really to give more context about the feasts? Now, again, I'm not a big ice lolly person. This is verging into food shaming. I just wanted to know that. (laughs) I'm not a big ice cream person, but David bought me one day because you actually weirdly love an ice cream. You love tubs ice cream, but you really like ice lollies. You. So David really, bought me really one day because he always buy. I mean, because I go all the time and find he'd eaten like whole boxes of ice cream Mars bar. You're just really fully going for this here right now. <laughs> but the feast was so funny because he bought me a feast and I was like, "Cool, thanks." Like, put it in the freezer, and then as it turned out, after like two months, right, you had eaten and replaced said feast mm-hmm. bar mm-hmm. like like forty times or. Something. 
<laughs> I mean, it was like seven times. It's way more than seven. It was definitely not more than seven. It was more than seven. It wasn't more than seven. But the funny thing is, is that I didn't know anything right, about this. Well, well listen, I'm in a way, I'm glad that you brought this up. Because it's given me great advice for the letter writer here. What to do, lady with a stuffed crust pizza, is convince your boyfriend to start an advice podcast, wait 31 episodes, and then fucking food shame him publicly to the point that he will never eat anything again, let alone your fucking stuffed crust pizza. Do you actually feel food shamed? I have been, I have been thoroughly food shamed. Do you, you actually? Have, you have dragged my name through the mud today. I thought we would just have a little bit of fun back and forth about the Toblerone, and you're just out here going, Dave's fat and he ate my ice creams! No, it's just, it's so funny about it. Like, honestly, see, your memory for food that has not been eaten in the kitchen is just insane. Right, it, it, yes, it, I, I told you, it's like it's like fucking Cthulhu whispering <laughs> to me. You leave it in the cupboard uneaten on that day. Like, I need to be in a snackless house. That's that's why I eat the snacks so much, because otherwise I'll be driven insane by the fucking whispering and tentacles. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> Do you have any advice for the stuffed crust lady? I mean, to be honest, that's pretty shitty. But again, it's uh, the shittiness to lie about like, the it. The thing is, right, I... Why will... do it? And this is what annoyed me with the Toblerone, because I was just like, why are you lying about it? Like, I if, wasn't if lying, you wanted some, Like, I was just like, if you wanted some... Like, I'm a big food sharer, so I'm like, if you do want some... Do you still some... believe that I ate the Toblerone? <laughs> this is the thing, I still... I Well, who ate it then? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, flatmate. Friends. Well, I mean, so uh, not all the flatmates listen to the podcast. No, they don't. One did. Well, Richard Davies, if I you lived in that flat, I doubt. I don't think it was you that ate it. Because if you yeah. have any information about this, if you have any information about the the, the two pieces of dark chocolate Toblerone <laughs> that were missing from the, the room in two thousand and eight, uh, please email the podcast account and let us know. Um, we will be forwarding this information to the police, so that the decade long investigation at the dark chocolate Toblerone could finally be wrapped up. <laughs> Dave's name would be finally cleared. I mean, honestly, really, I don't give a fuck about a dark chocolate Toblerone. I just was like, why are you lying about it? Like, if you wanted to eat it, fucking eat it. Like, if you wanted to eat it, then you have it. I didn't eat it. But I mean, to be fair, this guy, I mean, literally just like when she was downstairs and he ate like two slices of her pizza and threw it in the bin. But why? Did, what was he but throwing in the bin? But the worst thing though? is he ate, he ate the stuffed crust and threw like the triangle ah, of pizza he just, in the well, bin. I do love a stuffed crust. To be honest, it's, it is the best part of the pizza. Still, you, I mean, yeah, it'd be good. But if we were sharing a stuffed crust pizza, you wouldn't wait till I left the room and then wait, eat, the, eat the crust they, and throw it in the bin. Didn't they say they had the their own pizzas each though? No, they got... Oh, yeah, they had one large each. Yeah, no, so he's, yeah, so he's So why, he had his own stuffed crust. Yeah, but she's, he's also firing her stuffed crust as well. Why him? That's, that's too much stuffed crust. That's greedy. Yeah, that is that's greedy. Mean, but this, mean see, greedy. this is the thing. And this is why, the, again, the Toblerone, I, it's the oh, lie. I swear to God. But, I mean, I don't really care about it. But, like, that's the thing. It isn't about the food there. That is about, how disrespectful is that to do that that's to someone? Pretty to take shitty, something yeah. that belongs to someone and, like, let's face it, she probably wouldn't eat a whole large pizza mm. in one night anyway. Agreed. But, like, how shitty is that? You know, you go sit down, you go open your thing, and you're just like, oh, that's weird. And then you see it in the bin. What a, like, just, what a weirdly disrespectful thing to do to someone. Right. For what reason? And you know what? See if he just said to her, oh, I don't think my whole pizza stuff crust is enough. Can I have two, two bits of yours? She probably would have been like, sure. I mean, Maybe. She might tell him to get the fuck when she well, I guess maybe. So, yeah, because it's her pizza. You had a pizza each. Um, yeah, it's just a weird thing to do. Mm. Why, again, why would he lie about it? Who knows? What a weird thing to do. On that note, speaking oh, of weird things to funny. do, I'm going to go edit this podcast and put it on the internet. 
Oh, that was funny. The 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 food the food chain. I did not eat the dark chocolate Dolbron, and I hope I have the support of the listeners on this one. I really feel like I need some backup on this one because Lisa's going to take. She's going to fucking burn it to the ground. Scorch their tactics. I mean, I don't care. It's now. It's just became like a funny thing that we still talk about. Like I honestly don't care about it. Mm. Well, what's funny about it is literally any food of mine I would give you if you asked for it. So it's not. Don't make me out like I'm being crazily possessive over a Toblerone. Um, the tables have turned. Oh, you think that's what's happening? Yeah, well, I'm sure. We're, we're going to have a fucking real, real heart to heart about this off air. <laughs> we are going to fucking talk through the night about this. <laughs> it's on now. Anything else to say before we wrap up? Uh... Berbatov has been asleep through the entire episode. Yeah, it's because he's so fucking. He's not so not so fame, fame hungry these days. No, he isn't. He isn't so fame hungry. He's been tired from having a shit all day. Shat like four times today. It's too many times to shit about, oh, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about cat shit. Let's just leave. Just yeah, do the thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't think of anything else. Was there anything else that you missed? I don't know. Uh, Patreon. Give us problems. Uh, please review us on Apple Podcasts. I always say iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts, and a lot of people don't know how you do it. They say to me, Dave, I really want to review the podcast, but I don't know how. So basically what you have to do is go into your podcast app, then go to the store. You can only review it in the store where you first go to get it. That's the only place you could do it. Please give us some reviews. We don't get them anymore. That'd be good. Yeah, reviews. Tell your friends. Like our pictures on Instagram. Reply to our stories. Have a good week. Have a, have a good week. Yeah. Have a good time. Look after yourself. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, like, totally. Three, two, one. Love you, bye. Come on to my house and my house. I'm gonna give you candy. Come on to my house and my house. I'm gonna give you figs and dates and the grapes and the cakes. Hey!